Welcome to the New Life Digging Deeper podcast, where we take Sunday sermons a step further, giving you the opportunity to gain greater understanding and ultimately grow your relationship with Jesus. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Cody Gesser, and I'm joined by the Mr. Jake Harper, student life pastor here. What's up, everybody? I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you, man. Yeah. This is uh, your first appearance with me, yeah, for sure. So Brian is out today, so we thought, oh, let's go after it, just me and Jake, and kind of interact with the message, and yeah, let's do it. Sounds good. So uh, one of the first um, scripture references he worked through was 4.11. We talked about equipping this weekend, and um, in Ephesians 4.11, it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature, which he, he talked about the maturity aspect as well, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So he kind of, it challenged people to recognize that it's not just the leaders that who are doing the work of the ministry. The leaders are called to equip, but the church were supposed to be a part of the ministry and even said ministers, which I was like, Ooh, yeah. that's a, I hadn't thought about it that way. But I mean, if you're doing the work of the ministry, then yeah. <laughs> you are doing ministry. So yeah, that's it. I wonder what people, how people respond and felt in that moment. How was that for you? Yeah, I think there's like an interesting tension there because, I don't know, when we think about ministry, we think of this kind of, like we think it's this big formal thing, you know, like we've got to say and do the right thing. And I'm not sure that's necessarily always what ministry is. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Someone was telling me this story recently of they're in the hospital or something and the um, like the chaplain came in to talk to him. And he asked them what like faith they were, and then they told me I'm, I'm a Christian. And it's like, what denomination are you? And they, I guess, sorry, getting a call no. here. And, and professional, come on, <laughs> super unprofessional. <laughs> it's my wife. Leave me alone. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> so anyways, the the chaplain asks him like, you know, you know, are you a Christian or you know what religion are you? I don't I don't know what he asked, but he said I'm, I'm a Christian. He said, what denomination are you? And um, this person was Baptist. And so he said the chaplain like turned in this book. He opened this big book he had and like turned to the Christian section and to the, into the Baptist section and like prayed this Baptist prayer to him. <laughs> and I think that's really, really funny. Like, I don't know what, a, what the difference between a Baptist prayer and a non-denominational sure, prayer sure. is. Um, but anyways, I think sometimes when we think about ministry, like we think about like that, if there's this formal exact thing that I have to say that like, I don't have that training to pray the right prayer. So Mm -hmm. I can't minister. Yeah. But I don't necessarily think that's what ministry really is. Like I think sometimes it's more presence. It's more just like being in life with people, doing life with people. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's an intentional heart posture that causes us to be Mm. in the word and discerning the Holy spirit, which is something that Brian brought up too, as well. Like that's what Jesus was using was the word of God and the Holy spirit. And we often think, yeah, we have to manufacture this perfect thing and know the Bible left to right, which is great Mm -hmm. if we do, but 
a lot of the times we are always trying to like fix something or rather than worrying about the person themselves and just Jesus was super relational. So that's one thing we need to be first. Mm -hmm. I mean, we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. And often we're not those things. And as what Brian said, I love though too, is like (laughs) often we we go, oh, this is an issue and you're my friend. I should bring you to Brian, my pastor, and he'll Mm -hmm. be able to show you who God is. And they don't even have a relationship with Brian. Like (laughs) they want to see who God is to you in your life. So in a lot of ways, that's how we're going to be proclaiming. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's not so much about having all the right answers. Although like there is a time and a place, you know, we've been talking about um, our hypothetical person, David, and is in this really tough mm-hmm. situation. And like, yes, we need to have the right words to say to them, but that doesn't come out of this prepared speech or even out of like being a Bible scholar though. Like we need to be rooted in scripture, but it comes out of the kind of person that we've, we've been formed into. Like it comes out of our relationship with Jesus, you know, and the more that we're being formed into his image, I think the more equipped we are than to respond in those kind of circumstances. Yeah. And I think the the word of God is is relational as well mm. in nature. Um, one of my f- favorite things I was thinking about as he shared from Hebrews four twelve, it says, "For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of spirits, of joint and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart." And I thought it was fascinating. It doesn't say the intentions of our actions. Yeah. In a lot of times I feel like this is where the good work of being in a life group is going to happen where you can tend to more of that heart and you have more time with people and you're doing life together and you can go after the more challenging pieces. Cause a lot of times we just want to try to fix the action, Mm. which never, as you know, like that never actually works out. (laughs) You can do your best, but until your heart changes, then your actions too will follow. So I just love that that, says intentions of the heart. It's not saying of the actions and I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, but yeah, that's just another push. And if you're listening and you're thinking about getting in a small group, like um, I know me and my wife are going to be small group leaders and we're just super excited to do life along more people here at new life that we don't know, or people that we do know, and just being able to, yeah, be in their circle and um, yeah, just be able to go through the word and try to figure out what the Holy Spirit's trying to speak to us in our lives and our parenting and our marriages. Um, it's going to be such a transformative space for our church. Yeah, I agree. I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Like community is such a big piece of not just of, of, of true transformation, mm-hmm. you know, cause like it's so easy to, you know, say like read to the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus says, you know, don't be angry and just think, oh, I'm going to go and try really hard not to be angry, you know? And like that works for two or three days and then, you know, something happens and we blow up worse than ever before. Um, but community and like life groups are so helpful because, you know, like you said, they help us discern like where's the Holy Spirit working? Like what's he yeah. really, what's the heart thing that that the Holy Spirit is trying to get at? Like why am I angry? What's beneath the surface here that's making these patterns emerge in my life over and over again. And so, yeah. you know, having people to walk alongside that um, one can point out these things because sometimes we don't always see the shortcomings in our right. life. Oh but yeah. Also then like help us dig beneath the surface and that's help us example. figure out why are we the way we are and what does the gospel have to say to that? Yeah. What's causing me to be an angry person versus yeah. why am I doing angry things? <laughs> yeah. Because the things that make us angry, like we can't get rid of them. You yeah. know, and there's some circumstances which we shouldn't put ourselves in in life, right? But like 
people are going to wrong us. People are going to cut us off, you know, Mm -hmm. like people are going to do things that make us angry. Mm -hmm. Um, But what we can't control, um, what we can be aware of and be working on with the Holy Spirit is what's going on in our hearts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Self-awareness and emotional intelligence is a fascinating thing and how God's best works and all that for us. Um, And yeah, I'm I'm really excited about what our church is going after. And for the people who are listening and are like, okay, sure, like I'm going to do the work of the ministry. I guess I'm a minister. Where's the church is part in this? Mm-hmm. Um, Brian's not here. I know that we do have besides life groups are looking at having more specialized classes to help you learn how to discern the Holy Spirit, how to evangelize, how to read the Bible. That'll be coming out in this next year. And there'll be plenty of slots and opportunities for you to get involved in that so you can understand how to truly um, be pursuing and proclaiming um, grace and truth in Jesus. But I did think since me and Jake are here, maybe we can kind of share like in our ministries, how we're looking to equip people in that, whether it's um, just in your ministry or how you're wanting the youth to help equip the church as well. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I think when it comes to student ministry, one of the things I'm really passionate about is I don't want to just um, create this ministry or be this environment that helps kids be good. What I mean by that is like it just helps kids – say the right things and kind of act the Jesus-y way. (laughs) Yeah. Like obey. Like I want them to be, to be teenagers who are being formed into the image of Jesus. You know, I want to do something there that's going to stick and going to last for the long run. Like I think the measure of our success in student ministry in any ministry, but in student ministry is not like, are they doing all the right things now? Cause like they can be doing all the right things when they're in high school, you know, like, they could be a part of all the Christian clubs. They could be the leader of them. They can be out, you know, sharing their faith. But then three, four years later, they get to school and it turns out like they were on a really weak foundation and it all just mm-hmm. falls apart. Yeah. And so like, I think the true measure of our success, like I said, is five, 10, 15 years down the road. Are they still truly following Jesus? Mm-hmm. And so when we think about equipping, like that's what it is to me. It's like equipping them to live out a long-term relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And so... There's a lot of ways that you think about doing that. You know, I mean, some of them are very practical. Like we want students to know how to read scripture on their own, right? Because if they just come get it from us, from Brian on a Sunday morning or from me on a Wednesday night and they walk away, like they're going to be pretty anemic in that, right? But if they know how to like eat for themselves when it comes to scripture, like they know how to feast on scripture and how to study yeah. it themselves and like they're memorizing and it's in their heart and in their minds as they go through life. You know, that's going to lead to real change, and that's going to stick um, even as they go through seasons of change in their lives. Um, but beyond just like those kind of hard skills of equipping them with, you know, how we read scripture, how do we pray, how do we do things like that, um, I think the way that it's modeled for them um, is really important. So that's why it's really important for us to have leaders in our student ministry um, that are just modeling a life of following Jesus. Not just they're just showing up to volunteer or showing up on Sunday mornings, but like they are opening up their lives to students and showing them, hey, this is what it looks like for me to follow Jesus at work. This is what it looks like for me to follow Jesus as I lead my family or whatever that might be. So I think those are just a couple of ways that we want to go about equipping students. Yeah, that's a plug too. If uh, you yeah, are absolutely. one of those people, yeah, contact Jake Harper yeah, at New Life Online. Love to have, help and love to have, love to have you. Um, like I said, it's just 
open your life to students. There's not, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. you don't have to have all the right answers. There are going to be times when you say, like, I just don't know. Um, but we're looking for people that are willing to just walk, come alongside students and say, here's how I'm following Jesus. Um, and just show them that and model that for them and, and just love students. Yeah, that's so good. And I appreciate the fact, cause I know my journey in youth was challenging. Like if you grow up in a challenging, I was in a Christian home, <laughs> but <laughs> when you grow up and your parents have strong faith, it can be tempting to make that your own, like make their faith, your faith, mm, yeah. you know, and I, I appreciate your heart for it. it's like allowing kids to make their faith, their own faith. Mm-hmm. And they believe in Jesus, not because their parents tell them yeah. to. And so that's like tending to the heart there too, again. So I really appreciate that. Um, for me with worship, I think one of the ways of equipping and <laughs> the longer I've been doing this, you just recognize like we're singing theology on stage yeah. and it's really important that we're singing the right thing. So in more of a, a stronger way, I hope to continue to be more critical of that and making sure that we're constantly singing about the right things and, um, holding a microscope over that a bit more. Um, yeah, another way, this is kind of, I don't know how this is all going to work out, but a bit of my testimony, I learned guitar because there was a guy in church who said, um, it's important for people to be able to play an instrument. And he started coming on Wednesday nights and just said, Hey, anybody who wants to learn how to play acoustic, I'll be here before youth group. So there were some adults and some kids, and that's actually how I yeah. learned to play guitar. And where are people learning how to play guitar now? Like, I mean, maybe yeah. it's online and like, that's great too, but I'm starting to wonder what it would it look like to actually create a class for people to come in and learn acoustic. Like for the next 12 weeks, every Saturday, we have a lot of great um, guys on the team who understand music. And this would be an opportunity for not so that you can be on the worship team. It's more just like, how can you worship with an instrument potentially, you know, in your home, for your family, in your small group, whatever that looks like. Um, Yeah. So that's kind of one way. And then I would say, yeah, with the theology and also in the pursue Um, message series that we're going to be doing in January. I'm going to be giving a message on worship and just, I want to kind of talk about how often we look at worship as the thing that we do on Sunday morning and how actually it really takes on a whole nother level outside of Sunday morning for us and how we can see God in everything and constantly be in recognition of that and viewing his presence as like a moment to worship in everything we do. So I'm hoping that can be part of the equipping as well for worship. And yeah, in the grace and truth matrix stuff we talked about last week, like that's going to (laughs) be something I'm looking at with volunteers constantly and for myself and how I lead. I want to be a person who leads full of grace and truth and everything I do. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I want to loop back around to um, what you were talking about there with someone just showing with a guitar and teaching you how to play the guitar and and you want to create that culture. Like that's ministry, you know, it's, it's here's what I have to give. Yeah. I'm going to show up and give it. You know, it's not like, you know, I have to have a PhD in apologetics or the Old Testament to do ministry. You know, it's like, hey, I know how to play the guitar. And so, you know, I'm going to show up and be present and teach other people how to do that and show other people that part of my life. And so, you know, maybe like that's that you love sports or maybe that's that you have a business background and have something to offer somebody else there and could shepherd somebody else through. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up now, you know. You know how to how to better use their finances or yeah. whatever. It's just yeah. using what you have to give, and um, 
And that's pretty awesome. We often focus on the things that we can't do and that stops us from doing the things that we can do. And yeah, mm. so like I have a good amount of music theory in things, but I also recognize when it comes to worship, I'm not going to exhaust people with that. I'm going to show them the simplicity of what the instrument can be and let's run with that. And then we'll go from there, you know, and if the music theory comes more on the back end of it, um, yeah, I just think it, I'm hoping that after the new year, that's a plan. So hold me to it. If you're on there and you're like, that's me, I need that. (laughs) Come talk to me and we'll start kind of looking and planning for when that can kind of happen after this, this new year. So yeah, exciting stuff. Um, across just the whole church and how this will affect us. I wanted to talk one moment uh, a little bit longer about small groups, life groups, community groups. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like every church has a different name for them. Ours currently (laughs) is life groups. So talk about life groups. What do you think is the holdup for people with life groups? And um, something as we talked about, the message is we're always wondering like, what's the need here? And, you know, what's the big idea And I think the challenge is often we want to compartmentalize everything in our life and to be about pursuing um, and pursuing and proclaiming that is an ongoing thing. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be just a Sunday morning thing. So how can we encourage our church to reevaluate maybe where their priorities are at? Mm. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I think one of the challenges or maybe one of the fears people have about getting into a small group, life group, connect group, D group, whatever we're going to call it, um, we're calling them life groups, yeah. uh, just to be clear. But um, I think one of the challenges or fears people face is a fear of getting real, a, a fear of honesty, because, you know, you can show up to church for a long time and hear a lot of messages and then you can go home and uh, process it on your own or not. You can just go home either way, like, (laughs) you know, but you don't have, it doesn't require you um, to get real. You know, it doesn't require you to really say, okay, like where is scripture hitting me right now? Mm -hmm. You know, like we just quoted that, that it, you know, it cuts to the heart Mm -hmm. and then maybe you do go home and like you let scripture cut you to the heart but then you don't have to talk with other people about it. You don't have to be open and honest about that and like really pull all of your life into, um, into this conversation. And in life groups, like I think that's our goal, like you said, is, is to have a faith that's not compartmentalized. It's not just something I go do on a Sunday morning. You know, like life groups is about following Jesus in all of our life yeah. together, you know? Yeah. And so like, it's, you know, how does the message that we just heard on Sunday, like how does that shape um, how I raise my kids or how does that shape, you know, how I interact with my coworkers or how I interact with my classmates or whatever. And I think those can be really hard conversations. And I think sometimes those are intimidating. So I think sometimes that's a boundary for us. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder, I would challenge people too who are thinking, okay, this day works for me and I can stick it in this day. Mm. And then just one, I would say, have some wonder of how could this work in my life? If I feel like there's no possible way, what could get moved around to make this a priority in my life? And I love my church and I trust our leaders and they're saying this is something they want to equip us in. So like walk forward with that and don't think about it as, okay, how can I stick this thing here? Like, 
let it be a part of your life. Mm-hmm. Let those people in that community be a part of your life. Otherwise, it's going to be challenging to have humility and be vulnerable in those spaces where, because if you're not there, then where are you? And, yeah. and if you're not anywhere, then we're not, we're not growing at mm. that point. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and that's like, that can be hard to hear because to some extent, you know, that does sometimes require a rethinking of how you do things, you know, mm-hmm. and, a, and a reworking of our schedule. Um, but I really think that like being overly busy and overly hurried is like, one of the greatest threats to our spiritual life. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of smart people than I have said that. So I'm not just like, it's not my original idea. I was like, Oh my goodness. Yeah, I've never I'm heard that really before. profound here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, life groups, um, and I hope we're not making these sound scary. Like, you know, you're going to get into a life group and it's going to dominate your life, but you're going to have no other friends other than your life group. And like, you're going to go to life group on Tuesdays. Yes. You're going to go to dinner with them on Wednesdays. Yeah. You're going to hang out the movies on. That's, that's, that's not what we're talking yeah. about. But um, there is kind of an organic nature like that flows out of, out of that when, that as you begin to walk through life with people, that those people, they're people you do life with. They're people mm-hmm. that you know you go to in times of trouble. They're people that you celebrate with. That, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. And Brian had a good point too. Is like maybe you're feeling like I had a bad experience or whatever that looks. What's God calling you to? And if it is to be in a group, maybe it is more about what you can do for that group versus mm-hmm. what can be done for me from that group. I don't see it as valuable. Um, you are valuable, and I mean, that's that's something that you should step into and recognize that um, often we don't feel that way. Um, but you are valuable. Everyone in the, in the life group is going to be valuable and they all have something to share. Um, yeah. I think that's important to touch on too. Like, like, you know, there are people that have probably had bad experiences in life groups, whether that's um, just that they experienced that it was a waste of time, you mm-hmm. know, and like I've been mm-hmm. in a life group or two like that, where it was just like great intentions, you know, but you get there and nobody really knows what to do. And it's just kind of, um, you know, perfunctory. I don't know for lack of a better, it's just kind of, you were going through the motions. Yeah. Um, or I've also been in a small group or two like this, um, where like things get personal and people get hurt. Mm-hmm. And Brian said on Sunday, like, like that's going to happen to some extent. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when we do life together, it's going to be messy. Like mm-hmm. relationship is just not a, you know, tidy process all the time. And so like, that's going to happen. But people are probably out there who have been in those circumstances and never found reconciliation, you know? Yeah. And so there's, there's hurt there. I think what we'd want to, what we want them to hear is that, you know, these groups are not just about um, hanging out together, you know, or just like, they're, they're about community. We want people to have community, but more importantly, like the goal of these groups is, you know, to equip you is for you to be shaped more and more into the image of Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing I was processing through is you're talking about like, is there a priority? Am, am I not making a priority? What am I rushing into? I love when Dave talked his message on worldview the other day and he used Psalms 139. I pulled it up here. 23. Search me God and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. I think sometimes we're not prioritizing God's best for our lives and we don't realize what it's actually manifesting and mm-hmm. what the fruits of that are becoming because we get caught up in our worldview of what culture says our mm-hmm. family needs to be and what our kids need to be and all these kinds of things. And a lot of things that start out good yeah. don't always end that way. So just 
this is a moment for you, whether you're thinking about a small group or whatever that looks like to just say, God, search my heart. What's going on here? What What's my anxious feelings towards this? And is that valid? And what's happening? A lot of times we don't take those moments to actually just slow down and let the Holy Spirit do the work that it's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah. There's a surrender in that though. That's, mm-hmm. you know, it is a, requires a little bit of a letting go, mm-hmm. you know, because it is, I don't think it's easy to chase after like a worldly idea of this good life. Like it's still hard and like we yeah. still run hard chasing after success and chasing after even good things. Like even we run hard, you know, trying to do things right for our family, you know, trying to be good employees or whatever that might be. Um, but sometimes it's a little easier to see the end goal of that. Whereas like leaning into what God really has for us sometimes means leaning into the unknown a little mm-hmm. bit. And so that's a little scary. You know, there is a, there is an element of surrender to that. Um, but saying like once we figure out how to lean into that, it's kind of freeing. Yeah. You know? my, my, the burden is easy. My yoke is light kind yeah. of thing. Like the more we surrender, the more we say more of you, mm-hmm. less of me. Suddenly yeah. it's like, oh, this wasn't as hard as I thought. And all the things I was spinning my wheels on were just absolute pointless, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so anyways, there's a little little thought, little tidbit in there as well. Yeah, um, yeah we'll leave the same thing that Brian kind of did. You know, the church wants to help equip and we have some of these awesome ways we're rolling out and just asking yourself, like, do I want to be equipped and allow the Holy Spirit to come into that place? And I mean, you had said this morning, like you like that he he put that question out there too, yeah. because it's a hard question that sometimes we kind of don't want to ask ourselves mm-hmm. even. Yeah. Yeah, because I think, again, the first piece of that question is like, do I really want to be equipped? Is like, do I really want to lay it all out there? Yeah. You know, I mean, think about going into a life, like we just said, like, there's probably a part of this that's easier just not to. You yeah. know, there's a part of this that's easier just to to show up on Sunday morning and get your message in, you know, like have your kind of private faith and and not enter into the messiness of, of community and, and messiness of a life group. But um, it's so much yeah. more rich. I mean, we just weren't made to follow Jesus. Yeah. Um, I mean, the rich ourselves. young ruler, you know, just yeah. like God was like, sell everything, you yeah. know, and follow me and walked away sad. And, you know, like we don't want to be that guy. No. Yeah. <laughs> So let's chase after the right things. Let's chase after what's God's best for your life and what's God's best for this church. And yeah, let's do that together in a life group. Mm -hmm. So there you go. There you have it. Probably everyone listening to this is in a life group, maybe. I don't know. Maybe you're listening to this and you don't go to church here. Yeah. What community are you in? Yeah, (laughs) you should join us, even if you're overseas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, quit going to your church. Come to ours. Sunday morning, 10 (laughs) a.m. Uh, anyways, guys, well, we just appreciate you. Know you are loved. Um, we're just excited what's going on here at New Life. And we are starting our Christmas series this weekend. So all of you who love Christmas time, <laughs> I'm sure you'll be extremely excited. I am excited too. It's just sometimes uh, Christmas is a busy time around the church. Yeah. And it creates a lot of extra work. Yeah. Good stuff. Though. Yeah, it's all fun. Good stuff. You it's know. fun. Yeah. All right. We'll end it now because I'm, I'm running out of ways to end this thing. So see ya next time, guys. Adios.